Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. going to change the gears a little bit. It's fully related, but talk about impartation and its role with encounter. And one of the passages that sort of serves as an anchor text here is Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says in verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. So we see here when the, the power of encounter, God will use human vessels to impart something, to activate something, to mobilize something, or to release something. But we see it, it's on the end of the receiver to steward that, what Paul calls the flame, the flame of the gift. Now, as a pastor, I, I, I love Paul as a spiritual father to his son, Timothy, because he's like, you know, it's easy to lose sight of who you are and what you're called to do when you're when you're a pastor, when you're busy just in the messiness of life and the, the odds and ends and the ins and outs and the, the difficulties of just uh, dealing with people. And it's easy to get discouraged. With, with Timothy, there's false teachers, there's slander, there's people with false motives. And through all of it, Paul's like, buddy, something was imparted when I laid hands on you. And that flame is diminishing that thing needs to be raging. You need to walk in the gift that was imparted through the laying on of my hands. So dad, I want you to un- unpack what is impartation? When did you become familiar with that? Many of watching this are like, what is that? What's an impartation? Why is it so important for how the kingdom of God operates and how he establishes his people in the fullness of his grace? First of all, impartation is just giving away something that you've received. Hmm. So we go back to that. Matthew 10, 7 and 8, freely you receive, freely give. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, it says in all four Gospels, the reason why he came was to baptize yeah. people with the Holy Spirit and fire. I believe the Holy Spirit stays in us and doesn't leave, hmm. and that's the power to live holy. But there's no passion to live in the power to release the manifestation without the fire. And I believe the necessity That's for so encounters good. or impartations, or as it reignites the fire so that we'll use the power that all of us have. Every Christian has the power of the resurrection on the inside of their spirit. Mm. But if there's no passionate fire on our lives, we don't go around wanting to give away what we have. We go around mm. trying to live introverted, self-centered lives. Mm. So we need encounters. Encounters, like you said in the previous episodes, they can come through laying on of hands through reading the Bible, through prayer, through singing, through worship, through hearing a sermon, hearing a song, it doesn't matter. Mm. I had an encounter hit me one time in a dream. Mm. Uh, This was several years ago. I dreamed that a revival hit Corey Jones's church, and it was so profound that God TV put it on on their station seven days a week from 7 to 10 every night, Mm. and people were coming from all over the world to receive impartations and baptisms of the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Spirit so they could go back and take revival to their churches all over the world. I dreamed wow. that. I woke up, and I had I had recently just finished reading a book by Randy Clark called There Is More, hmm. which is another impartation I got. 
And that book, There's More, is a book based on the power of impartation. Mm. And what happens when an impartation leaves a person and goes into another person? What is the results? Mm. Now, first of all, I will say you cannot receive an impartation from anyone if you see them in the flesh Mm. because their flesh has nothing to offer you. Mm. You have to be able to see them and know them by the Spirit. That's why Paul says we no longer know each other by the flesh, Mm. but we know each other by the Spirit. Mm. Because if all we do is know each other by the flesh, all we see is what's wrong. But if we know each other by the Spirit, all we see is what's possible. Mm. And if we see the gift of God or the Spirit that's on a person, we can receive that from them. Yeah. But if we see the faults and the blind spots and the issues in a person, we can't receive the Spirit from them. All we can receive is the flesh from them. So we have mm. to choose to see things by the Spirit. Anyway... I had been re- I'd read that book there's more seven times and it, it it awakened my spirit to the fact that Christ actually is in me. Hmm. The hope is I'll let him out of me. Hmm. Like he he's already in me. Am I willing to let him flow out of me? Hmm. And I started visualizing the fact that I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I can lay hands on people and the Holy Spirit will come on them because the Holy Spirit lives in me if yeah. I believe it. So anyway, I shared the dream with Corey and Beth about revival coming. And within a few minutes, Randy Clark called me on the phone, who's the guy who wrote the book, There's More, that I had written, written that I had read seven times. And he goes, Dan, I've heard about you. Can I pray an impartation on you? And I went, yes, please, because I was so hungry for more. The book's called There Is More. Hmm. And so he prayed. This is what he prayed for me. He never met me, but he prayed this on the phone. He said, Lord, I pray that the baptisms of the Spirit would increase in Dan's meetings, that the power of the Spirit would come on people, Mm. and they would be sanctified, they'd be empowered, they'd be activated in all your gifts Mm. to bring revival to all their churches and cities around the world. And then he said, I pray that revival would break out in the Nazarene tribe. Mm. And he just prayed this. He doesn't even know me. Mm. And then he said, and I pray that whatever place he speaks, there'd be angels present to push back all the demonic spirits that want to interfere with people hearing the Word of God. Hmm. And then he hung up. I didn't feel any goosebumps. I didn't feel any tingles. I didn't Hmm. feel anything. But I was hungry. Hmm. So an impartation isn't about what you feel. It's about what you're willing to receive. Hmm. And so I just want to give you a a brief overview of what happened the next 30 days after that one prayer of impartation. Hmm. And then I want us to pray for people. Hmm. So I was in Texas doing three-day revivals, Mm. and the first church that I went to was Waco, Texas, and I remember I was preaching, and I had a word of knowledge that somebody's intestines were being healed, but nobody responded, so I figured I missed it. Mm. But at the end of my sermon, I looked over, and I saw a lady who's got real red in her face, and I said, what is wrong with you? And she goes, what do you mean? I go, no, you look like you're like stroking. And she goes, well, something weird is happening. She goes, as you're preaching, my deaf ears hearing, I can hear. And I didn't know what to think about that because nobody prayed for her. But there was an impartation being released because I had just been prayed over mm. that miracles would increase, mm. that the Spirit would increase. And she was a board member at that church, and she got her hearing. Mm. And then about a week later, the lady in the sound booth sent me a letter saying, I've had Crohn's disease for nine years. And when you said somebody's intestines were being healed— my intestines hurt all the time, so I didn't think anything about it. 
But on my weekly checkup or my monthly checkup, I went to the doctor. I no longer have Crohn's disease. Hmm. So that word of knowledge worked, but nothing was done for the lady to get her hearing, just the manifest presence of God. Hmm. The next church was in um, Wichita Falls. A pastor's sense of smell was restored, a visiting pastor. A pastor's wife's foot was healed so she could jog again. Hmm. And a little boy with blindness in his eyes and asthma was healed just by the laying on of hands. Hmm. The next church was in um, Denton, Texas. It was in North Texas. And there was, a, there was a lady there who had nerve damage in both of her wrists, and she was healed after a pastor's wife was delivered from demon oppression. Hmm. The, the next church was in Gilmer, Texas, and the pastor's back was healed. And that night, a blind man's eye was, eyesight was restored through the laying on of hands. The next church was in Athens, Texas, and the worship pastor was an African-American, beautiful singing lady. She was amazing. I just remember she had a boot on her leg, and she had some bone that wouldn't fuse. I laid hands on her. She threw the the, the boot in the air and started running back and forth. The next night, she brought back an x-ray with the doctor's signature. I have no explanation. Your bone is fused. Wow. Um, the, the next church was uh, uh, Lakeview Park. No, not Lakeview Park. Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. And in Tyler, Texas... I didn't know what to do at the end of the service, so I said, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it. And a man stood up and goes, I'm supposed to stand up. Well, he had Parkinson's, and he was my friend. But when he stood up, he said he felt like the Holy Spirit shot through his body, and he came up to the front of the congregation, and he held up his hands, and his hands wouldn't shake. And I'd known him for three years, and all he did was this the whole time. Mm. But I didn't touch the man. Mm. I said, Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, let's do that to close the service. He felt like the Holy Spirit just told him to stand up. Mm-hmm. When he stood up, he said he felt God's presence flow through his body, and he was able to stand there and not shake for the first time in three years. And he turned around and stood on top of the chairs. He's 66 years old. He stood on top of the chairs in front of that audience and said, God's here. You need to get right with God. And everybody in the congregation came to the altar to repent because a guy got healed of Parkinson's. Okay. So then I went from there to a villa road and there was a lady in a wheelchair and the Holy Spirit says, don't pray for her. She's afraid of you. So I didn't mm. until the third day. Then he goes, now go pray for her. Yeah. So I walked up to her and I said, ma'am, why are you in the wheelchair? She goes, I had a stroke. I'm paralyzed. I said, can I pray for you? She goes, I was hoping you would tonight. The first night I was so freaked out by you. Mm. I grabbed her hand. She got up. And she started walking around with me and laid hands on everybody with me in the service. She was healed of her paralysis. Mm. I don't understand why God did that instantly, but yet the guy on my team's paralyzed for over four years. Mm. So I don't understand the mystery. I just want more encounters. I want more impartation. So anyway, then uh, then I went to uh, Odessa, Texas, and there was a lady that came forward on a walker, and she was dragging her feet, and she goes, I don't need prayer, but pray for my husband. And I thought, well, if she doesn't need prayer... What's wrong with her husband? Well, she said her husband, she didn't know if he was really all in. He, 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 she thought he was a Christian, but he wasn't all in. And the whole time I preached, he stared at me and kind of scowled mad at me. Hmm. But the third day when I was there, she came forward on her walker and said, I want you to pray for me now. Hmm. I, I think God wants to heal me now. Hmm. So I laid hands on her. She fell out in the spirit. She got up and started walking around without her walker, and her feet were healed. 
Well, the moment she got healed, her husband came to the altar and started praying, and he got up and hugged me, and he goes, I'm all in. Thank you for preaching the truth. He didn't like me at all until his wife got healed. Mm. Then then I went to um, um, Belton, Texas, two more churches. And in Belton, Texas, there were two retired district superintendents there. One had cancer, and the other one was deaf. And so they both came forward for prayer, and I prayed for the guy with the hearing problems first. And I said, can you hear any better? And he goes, huh? And so my prayer didn't work for that guy. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, God, am I anointed or not? But then the man with the cancer came forward and goes, would you pray for my cancer? I have a stage four tumor in my chest the size of a fist. So I touched his chest, and he went, ah, and he said, it burns, it burns. And I found out a week and a half later that the cancer was gone. The guy's hearing didn't come back. They were both in their 80s but the cancer dissolved. So I don't understand it. And then the last place I went was Midland and I was praying for people and feared come on me because I got some word that some church leaders were trying to stop my ministry. They wanted to, they wanted me to get out of the Nazarene church because they didn't like what was going on. And I think that's why we need the impartation mm-hmm. to stand firm whenever persecution comes. Mm. So anyway, I was afraid. I kind of wanted to go home. I was afraid. And the Holy Spirit came up to me and said, are you going to stay in fear of man or are you going to get back in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'll get back in the kingdom. That night I was laying hands on people. At the end of the service, a man came up to me and said, I need to talk to you before you leave. And I sat down with him and he goes, when you laid hands on me, a bright light came over me and I couldn't see anything except white. And the Holy Spirit told me I was supposed to give your ministry $100,000 a year the rest of your life. And that was the last of the 30 days. Now, <laughs> when I think about all that God did through a frail, weak, insecure, introverted guy who's overweight, doesn't have real good people skills, but I was really, really hungry for more. Like, I was hungry for more. Like, I just want the glory of God to be on me. And a man prayed over the phone, no goosebumps. I didn't feel anything. I didn't know if it worked or not. Hmm. But the next 30 days, I've never been able to forget what happened because of the power of impartation. And it didn't affect me. It affected everybody around me. Hmm. And I believe that we're a royal priesthood called of God to administer what God's saying Mm. to everybody in the family. And I think in this hour, the church that's going to be the last church before Jesus returns to the earth the second time will be the bride that's just exactly like Jesus. Mm. It'll be the the, the bride and the spirit will be in such unity, they'll both say, okay, it's time now, come, Mm. which means we have to have encounters. Mm. We have to have impartations. Mm. Chad, I need more. You need more. Mm. Every Christian needs greater encounters with the power of God mm. for our kids, our grandkids, mm. our, our neighbors, our church, our parishioners, our friends. We need greater anointing on our lives. And I'm not talking about we're all going to heaven someday. I already know that. Mm. We need to be walking in apostolic power mm. Because Jesus said the gifts and callings are not irrevocable. I didn't I didn't give some gifts to be apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets just then. I want people walking in power now. 
Mm. And so, Chad, I'd like you just to make, you're a pastor. Well, one of the things that is coming to mind is, I don't think, hopefully if you're listening to this or watching, you didn't miss the start, which was my dad was hungry for more. And I think there is a there is a lie in the body of Christ. We're so afraid of works righteousness that anyone who would we would call unbalanced in their desire for more, we would tell them to cool off, to chill out, you know, grow up. It's not about goosebumps. It's not about chasing feelings and emotions or encounters. But I love this admonition that Paul gives to the same the same church in Rome. He says in Romans chapter twelve, uh Verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. If you look up that word, I'm no Greek expert, but it literally means the boiling point. That boiling passion, never lack in that. And then uh, keep your spiritual fervor, your, your vibrancy and vitality. These aren't suggestions to the body of Christ. And then the context is, you know, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You'll understand the will of God. You're a part of a body, and that body is filled with grace gifts, and each is to use for the building up of the other. And then he says, you know, love each other uh, with a brotherly and sisterly love. And then he's like, and never lack zeal. And I think one of the things, Dad, that with all due respect, it might be most significant. Obviously, all the miracles are insane. They're unbelievable, what you just described. And that you have that good of a memory is breathtaking. But I think it started that you refuse you you refuse to settle for your current reality and experience. And you did whatever it took. Again, this isn't that you earned anything, but God saw your hunger and he rewarded that hunger. And so I, I think when Paul says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Many of us lack zeal. We're, we're indifferent to the more that's available. And so what I, I want to do as, you know, a son, as a brother, as a dad, when I think about my kids, I've got four kids, 10, 8, 6, and 4, and they're all about to level up here. I'm crying my guts out, Lord, let them encounter you. Let them let them have make it impossible for them to want to walk away from the face because they know the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. They know you because they've encountered you. And we know that there's more. And so I just think if we just go back and forth, you could pray. I want to pray a hunger to a longing to hunger for more, first of all. And then that we would cooperate with the grace of God that it's hard to get the more in an armchair style Christianity. Like, seek it. Seek me with, right, that promise of Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. When you seek me with all your heart, that's when you'll find me. That's when you'll tap into those unbelievable plans I have for you. So I'd love to pray and then have you pray uh, to close out this episode. And so, Father, I, I'm just sitting here with my dad, listening to these stories, and my heart is, I'm just longing. I long for more. I know that there's more, Lord. I do not want to settle for a life, a marriage, a family, a church, a ministry that is dependent upon human intellect, capacity, ability, talent, skill. Oh, Lord, we need your manifest presence. Like we, like we don't even know how to ask. That's how desperate our hour is for you to stretch out your hand, for you to, Isaiah 64, rend the heavens and come down and cause the nations to tremble. 
and literally the water to boil with the heat of your presence, the nearness of your power. And so, Lord, I pray for those watching and listening that you would impart hunger to, to be this, this catapult into a journey of being a God seeker for the power of God, the fire. I love Dad's initial comments in this episode, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, both intimacy and participation in ministry. God, I pray that baptism over, our, over us and over those watching and listening in Jesus' name. Father, give us hunger for more. Every person who's watching this, listening to this, I pray for a fresh baptism of your fire to rest on them now. I pray for your anointing to increase in their lives now. Yes. I pray that your manifest presence would rest on them and your glory would rest on them and you would activate your gifts. The manifestation of the Spirit would be able to flow freely through your children. Yes. I pray that the signs of the kingdom would be all around us. I pray that people's lives would want to serve you only, Jesus, and because of that, serve you to others only. Mm. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for impartations of fire that give us the zeal and the passion to release the gift of the mm. Holy Spirit into other people's lives. So I pray, God, because of these sessions you've laid on our hearts to discuss with each other and our friends that this would result in a godly holy dissatisfaction yes that we would always continually long for more more of your love more of your wisdom more of your power more of your grace give us hunger for more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.